About 52% of men in a survey said they accepted the salary they were offered and didn't negotiate. And men aren't the only ones. Two out of three women don't negotiate pay when offered a job. That's right, most job seekers take what they're offered, not what they deserve. According to recent research, failing to negotiate your salary when first accepting a job offer could be costing you over $600,000 in salary during a typical career. If that's not enough to make you get out of your comfort zone, what is? Today on Hype Woman, we chat with Wendy Bruner. Wendy is a senior manager for talent acquisition and experience at a global logistics company in Germany. She's here to serve us the tea and share insider tips on what women need to know when applying for a job. Good morning from a minus five degrees in Bonn in Germany. And we have with us today, Wendy Bruner. She's the senior manager for talent acquisition and experience at a logistics company in in Bonn. And yeah, so Wendy's going to talk to us about what women need to know when applying for a job and yeah, how to conduct a job, job interview. Welcome to Hyper Women, the podcast, Wendy. Good morning. Thanks a lot for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And yeah, it's yeah the expertise I bring today about HR and talent acquisition. Let me ideally start off where my career yeah, started. So I was born and raised in Germany, in Nordrhein-Westfalia to be exact. I had some stops abroad, but the majority of my career and also education was in Germany. I have roots in Ghana. So yeah, I bring, I bring in yeah, both, both worlds. And I initially started English and economics because I, when I was growing up, I always was interested in multiple fields. I was not only the person who liked numbers, but also I was quite interested in language and communication. So that's where I started off with my, with my education. When it came to going into the workforce, I started my career in sales to be exact and the learning learning industry and that was quite quite a, a stretch for me because I I soon learned that sales is not my passion not at all but I was really good in yeah connecting with people connecting with the stakeholders we had from different different companies so I switched then afterwards into the HR area from sales to HR I know but how, and, how did you do that? Did you have to like study something extra or did you just decide, okay, let me try HR? <laughs> no, I was working in this learning and development part. So it was a B2B business. So we were working with, with our contacts from different corporations. So I was always in touch with them. I saw what they did and built the relationship with them. And since I have this background in economics, I also have parts of HR in my studies already. So it wasn't a long stretch to go from one function to the other with my change of companies. So 
that was the best decision I did. Yeah, I stepped in into HR, into a different retail company where I led a team after I started. So also brought in some leadership experience I gained. And yeah, two, two years ago, I stepped into my current role as senior manager in a logistics company, taking care of talent acquisition and employee experience globally for our head office employees yeah, of the company. Wow. Well, well, well explained. So I don't have to ask you, tell us about your career journey. What is interesting that you mentioned is, yeah, this this change of career, career paths. And mm -hmm. I think that this is very common with a lot of women. But often when we apply for jobs, we often feel like, oh, like, you know, this is going to look weird on my CV that I, you know, did articles at a law firm for like mm -hmm. a few years and now I've jumped into journalism and now I'm in digital marketing, for example. As Do you interview interviewees? How does, like, what goes through your mind? What are you looking for? You need to be able to tell a story. Wow. That makes sense. That's what I say. Yeah. For me, the bridge was Okay, I've seen the one part of HR working in this learning and development area, and now I want to step into the other part and also mm -hmm. bring the the yeah the skills from my studies. And if you're really trying to go into a completely different area, you need to convince the company, the recruiters, why you want to make this drastic change. It needs to make sense. So you need to be able to have this story despite it might not look like a red line on paper, as you said, going from yeah. law into digital, into a digital uh -huh. field. Yeah. But yeah, you need to be able to to tell the story so it makes sense. And they will say, oh, okay, I understand. And despite on paper, it's not yeah a clear dot we can we can draw. We understand that you bring the skills to the table that we require for our role. Wow. I mean, for a lot of women, for anyone really, interviews can be a daunting process. Mm -hmm. What are some inside tips that you have for us? Yeah, it's as in life a lot about, yeah, learning, trying and learning, yeah. Uh, failing, yeah, failing, getting up again and trying again. It starts also with the application. I have a lot of people who reach out to me with regards to roles that we have. And they yeah, want to test the waters to see whether they would be successful if they apply. And from my experience, and also studies show it, that a lot of women, they don't apply when they don't tick all the boxes of the job description. And this is, yeah, I think a no-go because even if you don't go off the boxes, just give it a try. Just give it a try because you, you need to know from a corporation point of view, we draft these job descriptions having this best candidate in mind. Sometimes these are even unicorns that we draft. Wow, and then yeah. we see, yeah, we share it on the market and see who's out there. And yeah, it doesn't always have to be 100%. That's the ideal case. But yeah. if you fulfill 70, 80%, it's also fine because there's always room for learning on the job. Yeah, if you're not already in the company, there's still some things you would have to learn anyway. So yeah, if you fulfill 100%, in my opinion, you're overqualified. Wow. If you fulfill 100%, you're overqualified. That is fascinating. And what are some of the mistakes that women make or um, assumptions during job interviews? 
that it's all about, yeah, performing and answering the question. Surely you need to convince the other side of the package you bring, of what kind of benefit you you also have, you have in re- regards to the role. But it's as much about the other side, finding out if the, com- if the company and if the job is something you are actually looking for. Because you would be spending most of your time the colleagues, with the company, more than with your spouse or your family. So you, at the end of the day, need to also be convinced after the interview, okay, that's a company I would like to work for. So use the opportunity to ask questions, really dig deep, make it uncomfortable for us as well. Yeah, and find out whether it's a match from both sides, actually. Well, that is like a whole new way of thinking and approaching interviews because I, I think even yeah, that that thought only ever crossed my mind recently. You know, and I think also because recently there's been such a shift in the workplace environment. If you listen to Brene Brown and Adam Grant's conversation, I think it was, I don't know, was it earlier this year? And they talk about the shift post-pandemic what the workplace is like. And and of course, like it's very different in the US, but what is your observation and experience of the shift in in Europe? Yeah, it's certainly the case. I totally echo that that post-pandemic, it's different. We have much more candidate market where candidates really get to choose where they want to work. So it's harder for corporations to win the right talents for their for their jobs and for their company. And candidates also have shifting, have shifted their priorities as well. Where pre-pandemic, we would really fly people from the end of the world to work in Germany for us. We would pack all their things in boxes and move them all across over the world. Nowadays, candidates are more hesitant to leaving their country, leaving their loved ones to pursue a career. So that's definitely a shift. And this is then also echoed in the interviews that there are more demands and more people asking for, yeah, working for him, from home, for mm-hmm. instance. Um, and also, yeah, career prospects they have. So it's, it's really a change that we are, yeah, we are looking at from the market. And what does that mean for companies? Like what, what, what is, do we, are we going to expect this change that's going to come about or, or is it going to stay as it was? What do you think is going to happen? What is the trend? It's, it's already happening. That's what I, what I see. There are companies who weren't in favor of working at home from at all, at all. Yes. Control, control, control. Yeah. And the pandemic it works and some companies are really shifting back to fully office mm-hmm. office working and they see it doesn't work it doesn't work for getting new talents in so some switch to this hybrid model to have like to, to me the common yeah a common a common ground with the candidates because otherwise they wouldn't be able to hire anyone because everyone yeah, loves, loves parts of, of home office. But surely it also means when you have this hybrid model, how do you ensure people stay engaged? How do you make sure that people who are in the company for a long time also mingle and yeah, yes. share the culture to the new ones? So there are a lot of thoughts that have to be made around onboarding, engagement, 
employee retention as well. It has to be thought on a whole nother level. Yeah, talking about home office, what do you, when it comes to women in male-dominated spaces and, and, and you are in such a space, I mean, from my experience, like working full-time would not be possible unless I can do home office. Yeah, it's quite challenging in Germany, surely. When you look at the system of, yeah. of childcare, for instance. Or the lack thereof. <laughs> the lack of. <laughs> yeah, I totally echo that. So it can be definitely challenging in in finding, yeah, in pursuing your career, yeah. but at the same time also, yeah, having a family. So it's certainly not easy, but it comes then also back to an interview stage to, to, to ask for this. If this is a priority, if this is something that's important for you, look out for companies who really ensure that and mm-hmm. say, yeah, we, we give you the flexibility, um, yeah, that both male and yeah, and female people could yeah have the family life as well as the work life and pursue their careers. It doesn't always have to be the woman. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's it's so funny because I I I've now taken on a full time job, and a few weeks ago, my child was sick, and I feel like she's either one is getting sick, taking turns to get sick each week. Oh. And and I went back to the office, I think it was like after two weeks and a colleague up walked in and he says, I haven't seen you in a few weeks. And I was like, yeah, well, m- my kid was sick. And he, and he says, don't you have a husband? Can't he take care of her? Good approach. <laughs> and, and I, I just, I, 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 I couldn't help but burst out laughing. And I thought that that was such a, a, a nice shift in mindset. Like I, I really appreciated totally. that. And yeah, like, you know, we need to hear more of these things. How, yeah, how can we as women interview a company about its culture? Asking about challenges they have. Your checklist. What is your personal checklist? Yeah. Asking about challenges, what they like about the company. Uh One candidate recently asked this. Yeah. About, yeah, things that frustrate us as well. And you as an interviewer are, oh, okay, am I willing to share that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it should be an open dialogue for, for both sides. Mm-hmm. And I also recommend to friends when they are, yeah, interviewing physically in the facilities of the company, just use the restroom, have a look around, get your first first impression as well. And when it when the interview process is also just virtual, we sometimes do it as well. Yeah, ask for an opportunity to yeah to to visit to visit the team maybe for an hour or just go into the office for some time. So you also have this personal touch. Wow! So you before. do that before you accept the job offer, or yeah. And we also have yeah some cases where where colleagues are also part of the interview process. Oh, wow. They are part of the panel, especially if they are working very closely together. And it gives you, um, as a candidate, the possibility to yeah meet the people who you would be potentially yeah. working with, which is really nice. I read somewhere, or I, maybe it was something I heard somewhere, but everything is negotiable. And I think for mm-hmm. many women, we're always like on this or accepting that we have a less lesser bargaining position than the company because you know we see that the company is in the position of power and what they dictate Mm -hmm. we have to sort of accept or agree upon how can women leverage or or better the negotiation skills 
it's that it starts with knowing your worth knowing your worth on the market and also knowing what's important for you is it important for you to to have a surrounding where you you can pursue your career in multiple steps is it important for you to have home office think about all these things beforehand so you could really come with your list of questions to the interview and check this off and see okay what are the things that are maybe I could compromise on and not being afraid to to ask for this in the negotiation negotiations negotiating salaries mm-hmm. how does that work you need to do it <laughs> who who should ask first who should make the first how do you say because usually companies say okay do you have a number in mind or tell us your salary expectations i read somewhere that mm-hmm. The one who reveals the amount first loses because usually companies have this budget in mind and mm-hmm. and if you're the one who's if you're as the as the candidate is like saying okay I, I need let's just say five thousand euros and and the company has this budget of so much more it doesn't have to per se be a boss if you reveal it first when you've done your research okay. when you've done your research and know. Okay, in this industry, in the company size, people on this level in this field earn so and so. So you could go in with this with this number. Sometimes it's also that the the company also shares the number first, and then yeah. you would have to reveal or think about whether it's it works for you. And it's yeah. it's it's no problem to go back to see if you could meet on different terms as well. And that's where sometimes also it stops that women don't go and ask again. Ooh. Yeah. It's just worth a try. Just just ask. Do you think it should be sort of like a common or best practice to ask again? It can, definitely. I know that. What's the worst thing that can happen? It's just a no. And then you fall back on the, yeah. On the number you had before also in the interview when you ask for certain things that at least you know at you know before going into the signing the contract starting on your first day and then being disappointed because of things that you didn't know during the interview stage right so information is key exactly i find i mean i think that the trend is shifting towards more transparency with mm-hmm. regards to salary but it, it is still difficult to get like an accurate marketplace worth and how how should one go about finding out like how much am I worth on the market I've, I've had this experience when I first came to Europe like I started earning 200 euros a month as a freelancer it was it was painful mm-hmm. But I, I took that because it was the first thing I got and I didn't ha- know any German. And of course, the longer I stayed, the more informed I became. And I mm-hmm. realized, you, 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 you're not going to live on that. So, and, and you have so much more skills than that. So, yeah. yeah. But it's also learning you make on the way. So there are different pages that have yeah salary reports that they that they share from market value. Some pages even started just recently advertising yeah salary ranges right. on the job job postings. It doesn't always 
have to be accurate. It's not yeah. sometimes a number that the organization puts in, but it's just from experience that they say, okay, this is a job where we think that the salary range is this and that. So having this in mind, and you can also reconfirm in an interview if this is a salary range that the company yeah, could meet. Are women and men being paid the same? In organizations, there are processes where every role is graded. So this is ensured that you are paid according to the role you are you are yeah, do, you are doing. Yep. But certainly everyone has heard of the gender pay gap. Yep. And it's it's true. It's true. It's it's out there. So how can we how can we overcome that? Like in the in our interview process, how do we know, okay, am I getting paid as as much as my male colleague who's doing a similar job as me? It goes back to research. Yeah. Researching and putting in the right number. <laughs> oh wow. So yeah. and yeah. negotiating as well. Negotiating. Do you have any tips for negotiation skills? Try out with with friends as well before yeah. you go to the interview. Try to negotiate the things that are important for you. Do these role plays and try it out in every interview or with every offer you get to yeah, negotiate these key the key parts that are important to you. It's about learning. Yeah. Learning. Whenever you go in, you learn a new skill. You realize, okay, this tactic didn't work, but let me try a different technique. And there are nowadays great, great material you can find online from, from blogs to, to video channels. Yeah, we have resources nowadays mm -hmm. that could definitely help you in overcoming yeah, these, these hurdles on the way. <laughs> What do you look for when it comes to the actual resume, CV? application like what what boxes do you tick as for the ideal candidate mm -hmm. i mean does it matter that you send a cover story how important is that it's important when when you when you need to tell a story if it's not obvious from your cv okay i'm looking for a controller i have a controller cv but if you come up from a different area Use this cover cover letter as an opportunity to yeah to tell your story why you are the right candidate. So that definitely makes. Sense. Other than that, yeah, have a concise CV. It's always nice to put some bullet points and some information of what you have done in in certain jobs, because a controller in one company might be different in a different company. So yeah, give us information so we can work with it. Sounds good. What is a what is a red flag in an interview? <laughs> Give me some scenarios. I would say not valuing each other's time or not coming prepared because we prepare ourselves from our side. Also, do your preparation. Yeah, that we can both meet on eye level. So. Um, It can also be a red flag from a corporation side or from a candidate side if the other side doesn't come prepared. So um, I'm all about having a re respectful environment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Is it a red flag if you come across as overly confident? No. Be, be bold. Be confident. Nice. That's a good one. Okay, woman in leadership. 
mm-hmm. applying for leadership roles. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah, how do we stand out there? How can we stand out? I would, uh, yeah, you would come prepared as any other candidate as well. Yep. And yeah, show show what you've done and be be bold enough to share show you share your achievements share what you can bring to the company what kind of impact you can you can have in the role yeah there's there's this there's this saying that you should bring your whole self to work how Mm -hmm. true is that i believe it's it's up to you do you yeah. want to bring your private life into the company as well? And it also depends on the on the culture you live at work. Right. Yeah, there are company cultures that are very distant. You just speak about work, maybe what you have done at the weekend, but you don't speak about personal things. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends as to how comfortable do you feel about sharing, yeah, private private when you're private Serenos at work. Yeah, you build your yeah, your corporate yeah. or your work. Work persona as well. And if you feel more comfortable in separating this two, it's completely fine. It's completely fine. Just try to also have the connections with the with the team and with the colleagues as well. And this doesn't necessarily have to be that you come in as an open book. Yeah. You know? We talked about like red flags for interviewees, but what about red flags for corporate cultures? How can you tell if a culture is for you versus if something or place is toxic? And I know that at you, you cannot 100% find this yeah. out during the job interview. Yeah. But yeah, how, how can you tell? Yeah, there's always this benefit of thought yeah. that is there. Mm-hmm. So some things you only, you only know once you, you start with a company. Once you you're working on the roles and yeah. that's also yeah you have you have the option to say okay I I tried but this is this is not working or going into conversation again with with your manager as well to see if some things can be changed this is also again negotiating the work environment as well yes this is the question that I wanted to ask earlier that okay. I forgot. <laughs> How do women pull back or make themselves smaller? Do is that a trend or is that shifting? Because the way I grew up, you know, you I grew up being told, you know, be a good girl. Uh-huh. And 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 to follow instructions. And a lot of the time that plays out when we go into interviews. We want to fit this this box. The of, box. Yeah, right? Hmm. I, is that still necessary or should we break out of that mindset now? And is that holding us back? It can, it can certainly. But nonetheless, when, let me just rephrase it. So it can hold you back. So try to, you don't always have to copy someone. There's always someone in the room who is loud. I love this book of Susan Kane. She speaks about introverts and extroverts. So everyone has their way of doing things. Yeah. You can work out loud, speak about your achievements as well. Do it in an appropriate way so you also feel comfortable and bring yourself um, to the table and also speak up. Speak up. It's not generally, I would say, a thing that is... That is that you can say it's according to gender. 
Yes. So yeah, there are also introvert Absolutely. men out there who yeah. don't speak up. So it's not always make it about gender, but yeah. if you want to be visible and also heard, um, yeah, you need to, you also need to share. You need to maybe step out of your comfort zone every now and then, even if it's not every day, every now and then. Yeah. Every now and then. Yeah. Great. Make steps ahead. So yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. One last thing. Mm -hmm. We spoke about this before, before, before I started recording. As a woman of color in Europe, mm -hmm. I mean, you, you've, you've grown up here. So this is all you've ever known. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, coming from South Africa and, and Europe, like it was a huge adjustment. Mm -hmm. And I think mentally as well, like finding my place in the space what tips do you have for expats who are seeking careers in in europe i personally when i was working for jobs i always look for international environments because yeah. i i love the thrill of just having different colleagues from from different cultures that makes it i think that makes the change easy when you're coming as an expert yeah. also with in terms of language there are companies that have english speaking environments yeah. if this is the easiest step to to get in and also companies with this market shift are more and more like forced to not have german as a mandatory language but yeah you would come in and learn as you learn as you go and also building your network yeah, building, that's very important. Building that your network. A lot. Yeah. Find yeah. also other colleagues or other friends who has gone the journey already. Yes. Speak with them, yeah. be in constant exchange. Also, when it comes to applying as well, yeah. use your network. Yeah. One last question. See, now, now they come. Now the questions <laughs> come. How do you stand out on your job application in in a sea of like, I don't know, how many applications do you see for, do you get for like a job on average? Have everything together. Have everything together. Have, have your CV, your cover letter, that we have all information at once. If necessary, follow up on the process, follow up, ask when you can expect feedback in interviews oh, wow. as well. So you hold people accountable and say, okay, we agreed I would receive feedback in two weeks and then follow up again. Oh, wow. Yeah. Nice. And come prepared. Come prepared. So it's not about having like this really amazing model picture on your CV or... No. <laughs> it doesn't even... You don't even have need to have a picture. That's I know, opinion. right? I feel like that's already, you know, it's a it's a German thing. Judgment. Exactly. It's it's quite German. I remember like years ago in these even in school that you would need to have a picture, but it's it's changing, especially when you're applying in the international context. Good. Yeah. Great. Thank you so much for your time and your expert me. opinions. 